Make sure to watch The Ringer's new live reaction show, Talk the Thrones. Each week, Andy Greenwald, Mother of Dragons, Mallory Rubin, Chris Ryan, and our very own maester, Jason Concepcion, are coming to you live right after the East Coast airing of Game of Thrones Season 7. Talk to Thrones will stream exclusively on Twitter and Periscope right after each episode ends and can be found anytime on the Ringer's Twitter handle, at Ringer. They'll be reacting at the same time as you, contextualizing the events and explaining everything that just unfolded. Again, the show is called Talk to Thrones, and you can stream it live after the East Coast airings of Game of Thrones Season 7. I love this show. I love Game of Thrones. You gotta watch it. Check out our Twitter and Periscope, at Ringer. What's up, guys? This is your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm David Shoemaker, here with Dave Schilling. Yes, today's my birthday, Shoemaker. Happy birthday. You're wearing your birthday LCD sound system sweatshirt. That's right, and my birthday uh, Macho Man underpants. That's uh, just kidding. Too much information. I'm not wearing underpants. Um, I will say that you're uh, not the only... um, wrestling-related personality to be working in a sweatshirt this week. Jimmy Uso did it on Sunday. I was wondering about that. That was a great match, but, like, hey, man, you can take a layer off. It's probably a little toasty in that ring. I know. We're, I feel like I'm an old man complaining about rap music, but, like, I've ad- I, it has to be incremental change. I've adapted to guys wearing sleeveless shirts basically up and, like, to, from the top of the, ro- of the roster to the bottom. But sweatshirts just seem like a bridge too far. I'm pretty sure Randy Orton has worked a match in that sleeveless hoodie that he has. Don't they, you think? No, I I guarantee you it was like a squash match somewhere, like at a like a house show where he just didn't feel like getting dressed. Him versus Kurt Hawkins, and he's just you know what I'm gonna wear whatever the but still, fuck I feel but like. still it's sleeveless. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's okay. But he was wearing full sleeves. Was yeah. it Jimmy or was it Jay? It was Jimmy. According to my notes, it was Jimmy. Get it together, Jimmy. Come on, man. Um, it's a good look. It just seems like, I mean, even a really nice sweatshirt is a little bit restrictive. Yeah, I know. How do you how do you do those crazy spots in that sweatshirt? And he pulled it off. Just jumping right into Battleground, because I don't know how much time we really need to spend there. As little as possible. That was the best match at Battleground. 100%. One very, of the best pay-per-view good. matches from WWE this year, I think. One of the best tag team matches? Yeah. Well, tag team matches. It was probably the best tag team match of the year in WWE. Are we counting NXT? No. That's a whole separate conversation. Because then you get in the weeds of, you know, the uh, DIY revival and Authors of Pain stuff. And I think NXT's work is always going to be considered better than WWE. I think those DIYs, obviously, I mean, the bar this year. But the I, I would love to hear somebody make that argument. I would like give me give me fifteen minutes. I'm gonna like speed through some YouTube videos and make a really like get, do a really hot take that it just because it happened on a pay per view on the main roster with wrestlers we're like deeply invested in for years. I'm not gonna make this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, it was a nice thought. Uh, Xavier Woods um, made the case for I mean, as the smallest guy in the new day somehow made the case for the ring being too small because he jumped all the way across it. 
That that like, last this is spot. Like when, wow. Yeah, this is like when people like when like when Shaq was you know nineteen and with the Orlando Magic and people were like, we just need taller rims because this is too easy for him. Dave, your woods jumped all the way across the ring. Like I like I seriously thought that they blew that spot. Like you know they blew the setup for it, and he just like, I did too. I'll I was just... like, oh, there's no way he can reach that. And then just a couple steps over off the ropes, it was uh, Shane O'Mac and Jace. Yeah, and the and the fact they they I mean the, the angle that they shot it in in real time did not do it justice because it was sort of like from the from the entrance ramp. In the replay, you saw it. I, and I don't get me wrong, I love the replay. Sometimes when something happens, I feel like they should just stop the show and and uh, run like replays in slow motion for ten minutes because that was like <laughs> that was a holy shit moment that was better than just like oh a failed Kinshasa into a into a crotch kick or whatever you know like it's like it it there's storytelling and then there's holy like a holy shit feat of agility. Yeah, that wasn't even my favorite spot of the match. My favorite spot of the match was Xavier coming off the top rope to do. An elbow, or I don't even know what the move is supposed to be, and then one of the Usos gets out, and then uh, Xavier gets a super kick. Oh yeah, that oh, was, was great. amazing. Yeah, really, really well done. I mean, this is the case. This feud is the case for like just let people feud forever and tag team wrestling too. If you get tag teams who work who've worked together for a long time who have chemistry together. Let yeah. them do their business. Tag team wrestling can be great if you allow them to do tag team wrestling. Yes. the I mean, tag teams, I think one of the really underrated things about tag teams is, the, is that, I mean, tag team wrestling is they need more, it feels like they, they need more time together to gel. There's just more moving parts, right? And also with a team like the Usos, you know, it just takes a little bit longer. I mean, there's not, they don't have individual characters so, so much or individual personalities, but it just takes a little bit of time to sort of settle it in. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I guess more moving parts is the answer. Um, uh, friend of the pod, Kenny Herzog, who writes about wrestling a lot for Rolling Stone, and I talked about tag team wrestling for a piece he's working on, um, and, and the general state of tag team since every team is breaking up. Um, this was a nice This was a nice cry that, you know, tag team wrestling's not dead. Now, you know, we'll talk about Raw in a minute, but it looks like tag team wrestling there is going the way of... Uh, I mean, I don't know. it's tag team wrestling is never going to be dead. But if but if the big if the if the top two teams come SummerSlam time are the Bar and the former Shield guys, then that's you know a different look for tag team wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it, you look at the tag team landscape in places like Ring of Honor or New Japan, which by the way, uh, G One's going on. We're not going to talk about it too much today, but I just want to make sure people know I'm watching it. Um, but in those organizations, tag team wrestling tends to be very much a spot-heavy match as opposed to the WWE style, which is slower, more deliberate, and has more just general kind of like punches, kicks, and that kind of stuff. It's not as high impact as what the Young Bucks are doing or Rapongi Vice or, um, you know, a million other tag teams that are, are working around the world. Uh, but we got a little bit of that. I got a little bit of the the hot spot fest in that New Day and uh, Usos match, and I think that's because it was just four very athletic guys. There's a reason why. Yeah, it was really great. There's a reason why Big E was not in that match, so they could work that match. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I, I I swear I searched for Battleground, and now I have no idea where this where this internet page is. Oh, there we go. Um, I got distracted searching for is John Cena dead. Because that, <laughs> I was searching for something else, and that was the Google search that like auto filled. Uh, he's not. He's not. According, but there was a there was a fake news. Fake news. This is actual fake news. <sighs> a fake news source called TMZ News Online 
reported last summer that he had died uh, in a car wreck. Not funny, guys. Come on. Um, Super Cena is never gonna die. Yeah, Super Cena. Self, the, the, he calls himself Super Cena now. Yeah, should we talk about the flag match while you're Googling something? No, I'm, I'm not Googling anymore. I'm looking at how, somehow the next thing was how tall is Randy Orton really? <laughs> Come on, man. Get the, get on topic here. We're talking about Battleground. I would rather talk about Randy Orton's height. You know, it's a... 6'4". It's a he's 6'4", I'm sure. Um, He's huge in real life. The, uh, I've said that before, and that's I don't care how that sounds. Um, Yeah, the flag match was... I don't know. I maybe should not have watched Game of Thrones in real time with Battleground on either, like bookending it and then gone back to catch up on the Battleground that I had missed. Going straight from Game of Thrones to like the end game of Cena Rusev was just a terrible, terrible move. Yeah, it's going to be a letdown after that crazy battle on the boat. Um, I I believe it was Storm and Cyrus's podcast where... The point was made that you can't do a flag match in a wrestling environment where everyone knows it's a work. Because why do you care? Why why does it matter who gets the flag and plants it and whose country is better and that kind of stuff? It's all a work. It's all a gag. Yeah. You can't really get behind those things in the way that you used to when it's just like the slowest, most obnoxiously dull match possible where it's just guys crawling to post and crawling to the stage. It's it's We need spots. We need big moments. They had a couple of moments worked in. I just think, I mean, I guess the whole thing was assert, was in service of, well, obviously that it wasn't like they were, obviously they, the WWE thought the flag match was a good idea. And they only but the match t- itself was just built around, like, I mean, the, the, the flag match was just a setup for doing spots on the, entrance ramp basically and why do you only have why do you have this match that is supposed to end a blood feud basically Mm. when the feud is only two weeks long and we've seen these guys wrestle a million times it was just a miscalculation i would rather have seen like an arm wrestling match or a pose down give me a super pose down yeah i always come back to the pose down because that's one of the dumbest matches of all time but, well, uh, it wasn't a match. It was a pose down. I it was a super pose down. <laughs> I understand. It was one of the greatest wrestling moments of my childhood. Um, so, yeah, um, that was whatever. And now it's it's done. It's done. We, Rusev was not even on SmackDown, if I remember correctly. I didn't see him. Yeah. Um, unless he was in like a back, backstage segment that I fast forwarded through. Um, tag team match was freaking excellent. Um I guess considering Game of Thrones exists, a good way to open the show. But then, I don't know. Were they? I think we were halfway through the women's match or something when the show actually started. If I if I remember correctly. Anyway, I'll go through an order. Um, Nakamura and Corbin ended in a DQ. I don't even want to talk about this dumb match. They went out and then on Tuesday night and had the <laughs> best match. Nakamura's best match on the main yeah, roster by over. a wide margin. Yeah. I just don't understand that. Like, why doesn't he just go over at the pay per view? <laughs> it makes no know. sense. I don't know. I, I, re- I mean, I really don't understand. I'm, I'm sure you know. I mean, I'm sure Meltzer has an answer to this question or whatever. But like, you know, just why? Like, are you, are you? Is this like when Pritchard talks about like, you know, doing something on a pay per view so that you can goose ratings on Monday Night Raw or something like? But like, it's not even goosing ratings because you're seeing a shit match and you're just like. 
oh, well, maybe they'll do it again on SmackDown. I don't know. The only way to get people to tune in to the free television show after a bullshit finish is to announce the rematch on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Or at least after on social media. And I'm not obsessively looking at the WWE Twitter account to know if they announced it ahead of time, but I don't think they did. This is your problem, man. You're just too old school. You're right. not obsessively looking at social media. I'm still calling the WWF hotline waiting for Mean Gene to pick up. You're, yeah, and, and by the way, referring to Raw and SmackDown as free TV in 2017 is sort of, uh, you know. It's not technically free. It's not, and a lot, mm. a lot of people don't pay for it. Touche. Um, just got to go, just got to watch on Hulu like the cool kids. Uh, I'm, yeah, I have. I pay for like wrestling. I, I play. I pay for like 30 different platforms on which to watch wrestling. It's really, and, they're not, and it's all WWE, so it's just ridiculous. So we had Natalia winning the elimination match. This is, okay, this is just general like zoom out looking at SummerSlam. I don't know what the SummerSlam card's going to be. I mean, obviously we know now what the Raw main event is, but it seems like like every, like, I, I mean, both women's matches, it seems like it's going to make more sense to make it a triple threat or a multi-party match. Not that it's that big of a deal, but it just like, you know, Natalia and Bailey are not in the top six. I mean, Natalia, you could, if she got a push, I'm not talking about talent, but like, you know, it seems like there are more logical people to put in if it's just two one-on-one matches, right? Yeah, Bailey's had very little momentum the last couple months. It seems like she was being de-emphasized in favor of Sasha Banks, and then they make this decision on Monday to have her go over. I've heard that there's some rumor that there might be some chicanery involved in that finish, that someone's shoulder was up and they're going to redo that match or they're going to add her. Uh, Wait, add that, was a fa- that was a, that was a blown botch, finish too? Yeah, like a, a worked blown oh finish, possibly. Gosh. That was just a rumor. But they're going to have to get to a, a multi-woman match anyway. How many multi-party matches are we going to have? A ton. It's 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 SummerSlam. SummerSlam and WrestleMania, it all has to be like four ways and three ways to fit everyone on the card. And SummerSlam's only four hours as opposed to seven. All right, but here's the thing. First of all, that's a better gimmick pay-per-view than tables, ladders, and chairs, than Survivor Series. I mean, if you old school Survivor Series, well, maybe not. I like the Survivor Series last year. I hope they do that again. I'm just saying, if you're gonna have a gimmick for like a like an over an overarching gimmick. More than two people in every match is better than the other, all the other stuff that they do. Yeah. So let that be a thing. Let that be a pay per view. Don't just like make it a random SummerSlam. But the but and then so anyway, back to Battleground. Natalia wins. We have Natalia uh, as the number one contender now for the for the SmackDown Championship. It kind of begs the question: What Becky Lynch and Charlotte are going to do? And Lana and Tamina are the most like two of the most. Or you know, I don't know if they're getting more screen time, but it certainly feels like they're getting more spotlight uh, than Charlotte and Becky at the moment. It's time to cut bait on that Lana gimmick. Oh my god! Really, Lana's it my. Is, I disagree. Lana's my favorite wrestler. <laughs> she's still very over with the crowd, but I just—if you're not going to have her win matches or get appreciably better at wrestling, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see. It. But I mean, at the same time, isn't it valuable? This devil's advocate here, isn't it valuable to have a jobber in the women's division? Sure. A jobber, I mean, she's not going to be a jobber per se, but but she's, I guess she fills that role and she's got more heat than anybody else. She's like a, 
better version of Heath Slater or something like that. You yeah. Know? Um, I have a feeling that at SummerSlam we're getting a cash in. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't doubt that. But then what is, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, maybe then we have a, maybe Charlotte turns on Becky and we have like another match there or something like that. Or, you know, I mean, there's other things we could do. Hard to say. I, I, uh, I got to interview Charlotte for a piece I'm writing uh, for Bleach yes. Report about Charlotte. Uh, big profile. And um, she was alluding to, well, maybe uh, WrestleMania. It's going to be me and Ronda Rousey. Well, that would be my ideal oh, Rousey's, WrestleMania. Yeah, all, Rousey's like all in on WWE. She was at the Mae Young yeah. Classic. Um, and I'm not the only journalist that she talked to, that Charlotte talked to, um, pronouns pal. Uh, that was mentioning to them um, the idea of Ronda Rousey being an opponent for her. So that might be a thing, and she does not need the belt for that. So maybe she's not getting the belt again. No, I mean, but she does, just like Brock Lesnar didn't need the belt last year. I mean, they put, sure. they're going to put the belt on. If they put the belt in the in the Lesnar-Goldberg match, then they're going to put it on Presumably. Charlotte to fight Rousey. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. I wonder if the belt will still be lighting up. <laughs> under in Charlotte's be, entrance. That must be a custom belt, right? They've got two. They've got the regular one and they've got the, the glow belt. Dude, they have so many belts. They have a lot of belts. I assume that the that the women's championship belts are as plentiful as the I mean, maybe not as plentiful as the the straight, you know, WWE championship. Right. They hand out those WWE championships to like man to like, you know, like straight A students now. Like anybody <laughs> does anything make and you, a wish kids. Uh, I read that uh, they made a special belt for Alexa Bliss because she's so short. They had to make it smaller, shorter, yeah, and she, smaller. It does look like it fits her better. Yeah. Um, way to go, by the way, Alexa Bliss burying um, Bray Wyatt <laughs> in that loot crate video. That was that. good. Check that out, kids. I'll tweet that from the uh, Mass Mannequin. Yeah, I don't know. Watch Ma- Jim will magically play it right now. Excuse me. But I was thinking deeply about Bray Wyatt. We'll get into him later. All right, we got to finish Battleground now. John Cena, Rusev, we talked about. Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis. Good little match. Like, that's a perfect that's little pay-per-view, whatever. That's yeah. fine. And Jinder Mahal uh, escaped Woo. the Punjabi prison. We've buried the lead. It's the return of the great Kali. Maybe the most exciting. I've, I, I was honestly, I honestly popped more <laughs> for that. We're really grading on a curve here for this pay-per-view. I want to say, up. I should have said this up top. Battleground 2017. As just a indication of what of how unexciting this show was was the first pay per view since I moved to Los Angeles, where zero people texted me and asked me what <laughs> invited me to their place to watch the show. <laughs> now maybe I've just burned all my bridges. I was busy because I had talked to you about oh we should get together and watch the show. Yeah, and then I ended up having stuff to do. On yeah, Sunday then I was night. like, I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. But like everybody, I think everybody, everybody was doing. Something Everyone else. wanted to watch Game of Thrones anyway. Um, I popped more for the return of the great Kali than I popped for the return of Shane McMahon. That's not true, but <laughs> it was not true. great. Kali was a great, great like surprise. What did they call him? The uh, Punjabi Playboy. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's his, that was his nickname. I know. By the way, everybody listening to this, if you have not just just type in Great Kali into your Google. And go to just Google image search. There is a treasure trove of wonderful Kali photos. Like anything from before his time in WWE, weird family photos, workout photos. And for, for, for a long time, I mean, the past couple of years, he's been 
I mean, there have been periods where I paid very close attention to his like Twitter because he just posts random photos of himself in the gym, like not working out. He's he's an accidental auteur, this guy. <laughs> I, I but, feel the same way about him coming back the way that I used to every time Viscera would come back. Because yeah. yeah, it would be like three years, no Viscera, and then, oh, God, Viscera is back, and he's getting a huge push. That is, he is, Great Cully is Viscera Jace. Oh, I don't know. I think, I mean, I love Big Vis. <laughs> well, you're the only one. Um, Even Vince McMahon. Rest in peace, by the way. Uh, I saw him. Yeah, I saw him wrestle. Uh, I saw him. I think I saw him wrestle down in Memphis um, post WWE. Uh, he's a big dude. Um, don't Google image search Big Vis. <laughs> no, please. Uh, anyway, well, uh, do we? I mean, Jinder Mahal leaves as champion. Randy Orton. I mean, this has got to be the most just shameful <laughs> three month run of Randy Orton's career. I don't think he's ever dropped the same guy three pay per views in a row. Yeah, we were saying that last week. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I, but to do it to Jinder Mahal, I mean, good for Randy to put Jinder over. And and speaking of putting Jinder over, John Cena tried his hardest, man. Congratulations for getting into shape and for caring about the <laughs> caring about the WWE <laughs> Championship belt. Good job working out. <laughs> you didn't say anything about like, you know, you beat Randy Orton three times. It's hard to do. You're quite a competitor. He's like, you look really good. How is John Cena the only dude, like, in, in, a, in a moment where there are, like, literally no baby faces? <laughs> how is John Cena, who has done so much to embrace the hate, you know, over the over the past few years, like, the like how is he skewing more and more 1983 baby face? Every time we see him, he's just, like, touting the virtues of the, you know, the bald eagle. Like, someone's got to play that role, and I feel like they... Pulled back so much from that when he was working with AJ and uh, Ambrose and even The Miz, the classic 80s babyface that he was playing for a decade, basically, in WWE. Why not bring that back, especially now when you've got eight foreign heels and Cena can just be Hulk Hogan from 1987? Is there anything else you want to say about the Punjabi prison? I feel like it was a... It's another match where you can't see anything. I was texting with Andrew Goldstein during the match, as, as, as along with assorted others. Someone was asking him if he invented the Punjabi prison, and he said he would take the credit, but that it was not him. He's <laughs> one of the other creative guys at the time that I don't want to finger in case he's embarrassed about it. Um, but I was joking, like he was like, you know, it was a great. Let me just tell you, it was a great pitch. And I was like, what was the pitch? Like, let's go to uh, Pier One Imports and buy a Hell in a Cell. <laughs> like, was that the pitch? Because it was terrible. Like, I don't know. It was just a dumb. I don't know. The good thing, the the one cool thing about the match, I was watching with the valet. Ooh. You know, she like knows who all these guys are, but doesn't know all their ticks, you know? Um, She likes Randy Orton kind of in theory, but he's just a blank slate, of course, and that's what he is. But I was explaining to her that he he breaks character during matches if something goes wrong. And not fully, because he doesn't, I don't know that he ever fully breaks character, because he sort of plays himself, and he's been doing this his entire life, you know. But, you know, all the way back to, like, the times where he, like, would get hurt and just start screaming in the ring, or, like, or, like someone would botch a move, and he would just pound and, like, pound the mat and be really upset with them. All the way through to when he tossed the Singh brother through the table, and he was just, like, looked at the camera and basically just, like, pulled on his collar. <laughs> or just, like, did, like, the the, like the gym face from the office, you know, just like, oh. I almost killed that guy. Um, Oops. But there was a... But I don't know if that's what happened in the Punjabi prison, but, like, the fact that he seemed, like, actually, like, concerned with the fact that his arm and maybe his back were bleeding, 
Like, he obviously, like, whatever had, like, the the small cut on his arm obviously hurt really bad. Because he yeah. was, like, there was the gimmick, like, I can't use my arm. But there was also just the, like, I'm taking too long between moves to, like, look at my arm and see if it's bleeding. Um so yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's it, that that kind of awkwardness actually raised the stakes. I was I was into the, I was into the match, but I'm glad that this feud is over. I'm yeah. not sure that I'm going to enjoy seeing Mahal more, although it has a lot of potential for just nutty like lack of self awareness. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with Randy Orton next, more than anything else. I really thought it was going to be him and Owens, but it looks like they're doing something. It looks Jericho like, again, right? Well, I thought I, it looks to me like. We might be looking at Owens Shane. Ooh. There was a little bit too much there was a little bit too much angst in those conversations. Those would be fun promos. And I know Shane is not the world's greatest promo, but he can hold his own when he's really got that fire. Uh and Kevin Owens is obviously one of the best talkers in the business. So that could be a fun match too, if they if they really pull out all the stops and they do some crazy stuff, which Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon have both done in their careers. So speaking of Owens, the one match from the card we haven't talked about was Owens Styles, which was just sort of whack. I mean, for what these two guys can do, I, I mean, it just wasn't. I don't know. What was your? Did you have a? Did you have a take on this match? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they ended up. This is the funny thing about SmackDown on Tuesday. The matches that they basically redid on Tuesday were, were way better. Way better. Yeah. And then the matches at the pay per view were like, uh, these are SmackDown quality TV matches. Yeah. So wh- <laughs> why not run the fun stuff on the show you have to pay for? I'm not. I don't quite understand the logic. I'm sure there is a logic to what the wrestlers are doing, what the bookers are doing, what the road agents are doing when they plan the finishes and these things. I'm just not seeing it. Uh, can I ask a totally outside of the box question? I don't know. My brain just went in this other direction. You're allowed. We're going to get back to the Owens and AJ Styles and the the finish from hell. But the um, you remember how like or the, as the legend goes, like the Monday Night Wars were won by WWE when Shivani said to put butts in seats thing, and basically like everybody knew Mick Foley was going to win, and so they turned they turned the channel even though it was a pre tape, right? Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's some apocryphal shit in there, but like that's that's a theory. If you if you somehow could know and yet not know that something big was going to happen on Raw, you would watch Raw. You would be watching every moment of it. Yeah, live, well, right? A lot like, of times I get push notifications on my phone from various apps telling me what's happening during the live broadcast oh, when I have to watch LA it time. on LA time. So yeah. I, I found out about Chris Jericho two hours before Same. I got to watch it. I'm wondering if they – forget about the time zone difference. Let's say we're all watching on East Coast time. Could WWE – could you? Could they break kayfabe enough to be like – we have three title matches on Raw, and the ti- and one of those titles is changing hands. Like, could, if they said that, would that be a violation of your fan of like your the the agreement that you've made as a fan with them? No, because that's what regular television shows do. They tease like this character is going to get shot in this episode, or this is a very special episode where someone might get kidnapped. You know, th- these things happen all the time. Someone doesn't make it out alive. It's not the yeah. might because it's the might is every week with WWE. It's the it's it's something that will happen. Yeah, Game of Thrones is a great example of that. You get the you know, thirty second teaser, and you see that oh my god, Jon Snow is on Dragonstone, or oh, there's going to be a battle or something. WWE doesn't quite do that because there's still this idea of kayfabe, and it's a sporting event when we know it's not. Um, and another problem with that is going to be their plans change all the time. Sure, but I'm just saying, like on Monday at five o'clock, sure, if they like just tweeted out. Yeah. 
AJ's leaving SmackDown a champion. What champion? And then you're like, oh, he's going to win the U.S. belt. But then, like, the big swerve is he somehow just beats Jinder Mahal in a, in a you know, match they just pulled out of their asses. You know, just something like that. Or he's a tag team champion or, like, whatever. You know, just, like, something random happens. That sort of teaser to actually get you invested would make me want to watch. And then you're like, what are, how are they going to swerve us? Yeah. They got to work on the swerves, too. Kevin Owens and AJ Styles wrestled a very good match that was just not up to their, their potential. Um, and then the ending was just... Like felt like the botch, the botch of all botches. Because he, AJ Styles' shoulders were down for a long time. The referee was in a weird position. The referee who there there was a ref bump that did not matter. Right. I mean a really a really well orchestrated. You know Owens threw AJ into the ref. Ref bumps. The ref didn't need to be out cold for this finish. Or coming back groggy. I mean unless the idea was he just didn't notice AJ getting his shoulder up. If there was, so then. They're, both of their shoulders seem to be down. He seemed to have a better view of Owen's shoulders. I don't know. It was very, very strange. It felt like the spot before the big finish. The first thing that sets off your alarm bells is the crappy finish. The second time, thing that sets off your alarm bells is that the announcers literally didn't know what to say after the match. Like There was just like an acknowledgement that Owens had won and then a lot of dead air and then... And the funny thing is the announcers were on screen as this was happening. And after like, and I know there's, they, they allow for some moments to celebrate and to kind of let the moment sink in, whatever. But it was like, you could just see JBL sort of like searching. And then he was like, Kevin Owens got his revenge, you know, whatever. And it was just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, I guess that's what happened. Um, and then a lot of people were talking about how AJ was in the ring complaining to the ref, which actually seems like a red herring to me. It's like, if you, if AJ was actually, if, if the ending had been screwed up, the referee is the last person you should be talking to. You know, I mean, what are you, are you going to, like, this is a fake sport. I understand that the ref was involved, but, like, what is the long conversation that they're having going well, to be? Well, the referee obviously is the one that has the headset in and can hear Gorilla telling them, you know, what the wrestlers need to know, and, and, and that's they're an important communication conduit. Uh, but also, let's say the referee knows the finish of the match. Or the, who is going over. Right. But they forget in the course of the, the evening. <laughs> he was concussed. How, yeah, how the finish is supposed to play out. So all he remembers is, I know that Kevin Owens is going over, but I don't remember what the well, finish is. Well, also, they is. can't, I mean, the refs are, the refs are instructed to, like, to shoot, I mean, as far as the three count. Exactly, yeah. And nothing, no one got a shoulder up during that three count. Right. I mean, nothing moved. Maybe the point was AJ was never supposed to really have a shoulder down. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm just saying, if this is a real situation, like, something just went wrong, you don't have a conversation in the middle of the ring where everyone's, like, watching you. (laughs) Right. You know, that's like if two wrestlers really don't like each other, they don't go after each other with finishing moves. They punch each other in the face. And right. The point is that if AJ really wanted to have a talk with a ref about how that happened, you do it backstage. Yeah. With other people who, you know, I mean, it's not like it's a, I mean, even if it was a botch, this isn't like, no one's like, I don't know. It just seems like a an odd moment to like, you know, an odd hill to die on. There's a lot more at play. But anyway, the rumors right after the match were that they changed the finish either right before the match or mid-match. And so the the finish was like necessarily weird and rushed because they were going to go with AJ and ended up going with Owens, and and so they just had to figure something out on the fly. Maybe the Jericho thing was a last minute booking because that never got out. Jericho showing up almost never gets out. 
Yeah. He's the last guy who can surprise people One of the when re- he shows up. Yeah. So maybe that was like, okay, we're going to definitely have Jericho um, on the show, and they don't know he's going to be on the show until I, like an hour or two before Battleground goes live. I, th- I took, I, I said some... I, I've said some stuff in you know over the past few months about the sort of downsizing of the WWE uh, athlete. I have no problem with this. I just want to make that really clear. One of the real advantages to wrestlers getting shorter is that uh, you can hide in the airport a lot better. <laughs> like Chris Jericho as is, is like a celebrity by any definition somehow sneaks through airport lines, but the Undertaker like the Undertaker just like goes out to like pick up pick up the paper and have like dirt sheets are reporting on it. Yeah, good luck hiding if you're Viscera. Yeah, that would be really impossible. Um, anyway, Jericho's back. So they re- basically redid, they rebooted the match. They didn't re- do, do it straight up because they because now they're returning Chris Jericho, the most wonderful wrestler of all. Man, he is so over. He's great. <laughs> that yeah. was a that was a moment. That was one of those moments that ends up in one of those WWE top ten YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, his hairband deserves to be in every top 10 list of all time. His fashion sense just gets more and more absurd every day. At some point, we're, I got to stop saying, uh, as of right now, I I, for, I I will never again say that Jericho needs to be wearing long pants because at this point, it's just gimmick. Yeah. It's the same thing as wearing a scarf. He's just fucking with us. <laughs> um, but anyway, and somehow getting babyface pops for it. Um, so he, there was a bizarro finish. I think that the general consensus came around to it just being a botch after some time. Yeah. I think that's what Meltzer said. And they didn't mention it on the show, so... Well, yeah, and there were, there were no... People were pointing this out online. There were no replays of the finish, and, like, Kevin... And Owen seemed really out of sorts in, in, the, in the after show. Yeah. Like, didn't have, like, a prepared provo or whatever. I don't know. A lot of evidence. Um... So then on Tuesday, they have their shit back together, and Jericho makes his triumphant return. They have a triple threat match for the U.S. title... And AJ gets it. Um, and I, are they going to have a rematch next week? Owens demanded one. He demanded one, but I guarantee you he's not getting it. If they're going to Shane versus Kevin Owens at SummerSlam, which would be delightful, as I said, then Shane is going to have to C-block him a little bit. So maybe really. he lets him have it and he interferes. I will um, say that that's basically the same angle they ran with Shane and AJ before WrestleMania is... I want a title shot. No, you can't have a title shot, but I deserve a title shot. Too bad. You don't get a title shot. Well, then I'm going to beat you up, and we're going to wrestle. There you go. <laughs> That's your angle again. Endlessly renewable resources there. Yeah. You can just run those same angles over and over again. And let me point out, um, Charlotte and Becky are basically doing the same gimmick that Sasha and Bailey are doing on Raw. If they go that way. We're best friends, but... Well, listen, this is the problem. Someone else is pointing this out. Um Online, where they were, you know, complaining about how the, the I think the main event pictures on both shows were sort of very similar, and the way they're they're, they're working around a SummerSlam. It's um, there there is a I mean, obviously, there's no limit to the amount, number of stories you can tell, but pro wrestling is a is a art form built on archetypes and built on stock stories, just like theater or you know, just like Shakespearean era theater, Roman Greek and Roman theater, whatever. But the uh, I guess Greek theater, not Roman. But the um, but the point being, and and also there's the whole backstory of just like pro wrestling angles that we can renew, you know, that we can just rerun. There's a limit to the number to the stories that pro wrestling tells, especially when um, the people in charge are always like these old 
like olden age and old guard people who were just like constant who just think remember what worked in 1983 or remember what worked i mean even before vince dudes rerunning the same gimmicks over and over again we all grew up watching this shit the point of all of this is to say separate shows and separate creative teams definitely have their plus i mean definitely have their advantages one of the disadvantages is you have two separate writing teams who just have the same 15 stories to work with so they're they're going to be parallels yeah unless you have one overall creative vision where you're just saying no you can't do this because we're doing it there yeah the fandango and um tyler breeze angle where who's beating them up was happening simultaneously for a while with the enzo and Cass, who's beating them up angle or do we? We don't know who's who's beating we up. We still don't Brazilian. have a res, resolution to that. It no. might be big cast there too. <laughs> no one can be a tag team. And he's probably st- he stops by <laughs> to hang out with Carmella, and then he beats up some tag teams. It's Dolph Ziggler. What else is Dolph Ziggler up to? Where is Dolph Ziggler? Exactly. Working house shows. Uh, he would really, to, he would kind of fit in with that crew. Yeah, a little bit. According to this is according to Squared Circle Reddit. Is what? Threads that I've read. That he's just on house shows, but he's not working TV. Oh, I thought you meant he's working Brizongo on house shows. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, if Squared Circle Reddit says that, uh, that Dolph Ziggler is out working house shows, then I'm sure that's true. Also, one of the real joys, uh, coincidentally, I saw in Squared Circle today was a, uh, a TIL. Today I learned moment where someone was reading Terry Funk's biography. Okay. He was supposed to be, he was supposed to replace Pat Patterson as WWF's head booker in 93. But he, but he ditched out. He just like disappeared. He went AWOL on Vince McMahon. He said he left Vince a note that said, my horse is sick. I think he's dying. I'll see you later. My horse. <laughs> he, hasn't, he didn't see Vince for four years after that. And oh, the, the first God. thing Vince said when he saw him again was, so how's your horse? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's a great, it's a great story. Uh, Terry Funk's biography is one of the true gems of the over, over the bloated wrestling biography section uh, of, of the world. But if you want to read Terry Funk's book, you know where they have it? Is it on Audible? It's on Audible. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and even more than that. From all the leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, and business information providers in the universe. But unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own the books. What? That you buy. That you acquire. So you can access them anytime, anywhere, from almost any device, including your iPhone, your iPad... Android, Amazon Fire tablets, Windows phones, um, basically anything. Plus, thanks to the Great Listen Guarantee, if you don't like your title, you can swap it out for a new one. Huge. That's huge. Just like a wrestling fan, you don't like your U.S. champion, we'll just redo it the next day. That's a new champ. Not to mention, Audible Channels gives you a collection of exclusive originals, short stories, and comedy, so you always have something new to listen to. My book is on Audible, The Squared Circle, Life, Death, and Pro Wrestling. Um, you can get a free audiobook right now with a 30-day trial at www.audible.com slash masked. That's www.audible.com slash M-A-S-K-E-D for a free audiobook with your 30-day trial. Now, back to wrestling. We should talk about Raw. Yeah, we should. Hot, hot angle up top. They gave us the match we all were begging for, which is a fatal four-way for the title. It's the beefsteak main event. So much Haas action. You got your your Samoa Joe. You got your Roman Reigns. You got your Brock Lesnar. You got your Braun Strowman. I, did I say it last week on the mic? This is the, is the, we have a four man pay per view with no baby faces in it. I mean, we can argue all day whether or not Roman Reigns is a baby face. Well, 
Yes. Um, Roman Reigns is not a babyface. I'm sure there are people that are cheering for him. There are um, definitely people that are cheering for him. Samoa Joe is occasionally... It, Samoa Joe is is like 90% an Attitude Era babyface, but they still let him work real heel. Like yeah. very, I mean, And there are moments where it's not just the character that he's playing, it's just like the the way the camera and production treats him. And he's, I mean, Braun Strowman, by a wide margin, gets the most babyface moments, I feel like, since his return. The sort of like, the like the moment to like cheer at the top of the ramp is is I mean like that those real like just he, he's a heel in almost every way, but he gets those like exhale for the crowd to cheer along with him production moments. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a match. This man. is I believe Braun Strowman's first world championship opportunity, and the universal title is obviously you know on the level of world championships even though it's called the universal title. This is his first main belt uh, opportunity. And uh, if I was WWE, I'd, I'd hotshot the belt onto him. You think so? Screw it. Yeah, why not? He's the hottest act in the company. In the, in the tradition of my commentary on Jinder Mahal's calves, which, by the way, did you notice that he was patting his calves <laughs> on Sunday? <laughs> he listens to the show. Uh I have to make a, a, a dress, I mean, a, like a minor physical comment about Braun Strowman. He's growing out the the mohawk ponytail. Like there's the mohawk ponytail, and then now there's these two little fenders on that are about like half an inch long, where he's like just trying to make it a wider ponytail. It's have very you, aerodynamic. Um, which I don't have any problem with at all. But it, if I if I can draw a parallel mm-hmm. to a, to a similar to a wrestler at a similar stage of his career with similar upside draws. No, it's <laughs> like when Shawn Michaels was growing out the mullet. And oh yeah. It, I'm not. I'm, that was a joking comparison, I guess, between Braun Strowman and Shawn Michaels. But who the hell knows? Oh, that's great. I thought you were supposed to play. I'm heel, not man. finished with you yet, heel Jim. I remember always thinking it was odd, even in real time, that Shawn Michaels didn't like. They couldn't wait for him to grow out his hair before he got the big push, because because that period where he had like fenders I think is actually the word for this. I don't know why I just said that in in, in uh talking about Braun but where he's like slicking back the like the uh, by the way I had this same hair at the same time as this a kid. This was like right after the barbershop? Yeah, where he's like a little bit after cuz then he had the straight mullet. And yeah. then when he started growing the whole thing long, he had to like he had to like slick the hair back over his ears because otherwise it would just be sticking out like Wolverine. Right. And and but the hair in the back was getting longer and longer instead of like trimming it up to sort of make it a mop top that he was growing out. Anyway, uh, that is my only concern with Ron Strowman. I think they should let him grow his hair out before the big push. I'm gonna set that aside for right now. Give him the belt. Uh, you know it's gonna be Roman. It's gonna be Roman. But Strowman winning the title. And then building to Strowman versus Reigns at like Survivor Series would be great. Um, yeah. And then you give Roman the belt, and then Roman and Here's John the thing. Cena can do that. I'm all about Roman and Reigns winning, but they got to push it. Like if he wins, he needs to be celebrating in the ring while and like with his middle fingers in the air as trash rains down on him. Like they have <laughs> to go all in on like. I'm not saying they have to make him more of a heel. They just have to fully embrace the hate. If anyone, if any crowd besides Philadelphia is primed to rain garbage on Roman Reigns at the end of a pay-per-view, it is Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn does not like Roman Reigns. Well, Roman brought that up. You know, I mean, Roman mentioned that on uh, on Raw. So, I mean, the 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 
the Royal Rumble yeah. victory that didn't go according to plan. So I think that, you know, they're trying to keep that fresh in our mind for for that very reason. Um, uh, Kurt Angle, I thought, uh, was was good in that segment. I like that he's a little bit of a bumbling dolt. <laughs> Can we talk about his the distraction of Jason Jordan being his son and being on uh, yeah. on Raw now? It seems like they're Do we need to touch to on Chad Gable being uh, Daniel Bryan's son? <laughs> no, I think we can avoid that. I'm your father! You're five years older than me. I was a very virile five-year-old. Were you- I did love that, by the way, before we, I totally, uh, this is the only time we're going to have to talk about this, but the, 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 the pirate radio version of Talking Smack. Smacking Talk. Which is just, by the way, like the king of the, like you're getting worked bro moments. Like if they, I, maybe they'll never do it again. But if this was the plan all along, kudos to WWE. Make people care about talking smack and then just do it on tout. As, uh, yeah, as well, it's not actually on tout. tout. No, it was on tout. Wait, I thought tout oh, was, was that the dead. joke? That was a joke. Is there just there was a rib? Oh, I, I just assume everything gets yanked from tout and put onto YouTube. Someone uh, again on Squared Circle Reddit, which is a great service um, for wrestling fans, uh, found Daniel Bryan's tout page, and there's nothing on there since 2014. <laughs> okay, then I'm insane and full of shit. I am fake news. It was a rib, bro. Come on. Don't listen to anything I have to say. But anyway, um, Jason Jordan worked a very fun match against Kurt Hawkins. This, like, I'm just going to be like a collegiate wrestler gimmick is great for him. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get some new music. Let's get away from the American Alpha theme. I don't really think it does him any favors. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of opportunity. I hope that this is a prelude to a heel turn. That would be delightful. Because how else does this pay off? It doesn't, if, unless it's a heel turn. It is really weird. And, and Corey Graves keeps saying on Raw, we're, we're best friends, we were really close in NXT. That's a red flag. You know what the best ending to the storyline would be? That this is, a, Jason Jordan is just like pulling a scam over and he turns heel, but that Kurt Angle ha- actually has an illegitimate son and it's Chad Gable. <laughs> They kind of look alike too. They're oh, let's move but on. But Kurt Angle's like really sad because his son's shorter than him. Like that, <laughs> and it's this whole like disaffected father gimmick. Um. Anyway, yes, Jason Jordan is 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 working a sort of babyface thing. That's he's just too baby. Like he's he, it's clearly going to be a it's clearly going to be some sort of a turn or misdirect. Yeah, at this he's point. too generic a babyface right now. He's smiling not. too much, and he's giving like really uncomfortable, sincere promos to Renee Young. But okay, we 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 got to talk about. I mean, the rest. Is there is there more in Raw to talk about? I just want to make one really good one not good point one really important point that yeah. I've that I underlined three times in my notes. We complained about Finn not getting a pay per view match at the last, and I don't. That's kind of neither here nor there. The Finn versus Elias Samson thing that they've been doing on Raw has been wonderful. Yeah, it's a generic feud. It doesn't have a lot of actual, you know, personal uh, beef there. But the matches have been good. And here's the thing: this is why uh, this goes back to my every pay per view should be co branded thing. Not every feud needs to be on a pay per view. I think that from from an abstract perspective, if you want Finn Balor to be headlining WrestleMania, you should probably give him a spot on a on you know pay per view. Just give him every opportunity you can for people to look at him. But um, every feud does not need to be on a pay per view. And in fact, the best reason to watch Raw over the past few weeks has been this feud because yeah. it's happening just on Raw, mm-hmm. and they raise the stakes every week. 
and they're having they're having pretty good matches. And I mean, that's the thing for if Raw is going to be three hours. I mean, that, I mean, and even if it's a two hour show, whatever. That's what you need to get people tuning in. You know, the furtherance of a storyline in a real way. How can you be guaranteed that something's actually going to happen here that matters? Because it's not going to be on a pay per view. Right. The only forum for this to take for something important to take place is in the midst of a grudge match on Raw. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Also, when people hit each other with guitars and slightly miss and make the other person like shoot bleed, that's really cool. You noticed uh, there were no like obvious scars on his head, but he was wearing the kinesio tape. Like it was a shoulder that was messed up, and not the giant gash in his skull. Uh, final thought: um, kinesio tape is garbage. Yeah, it's silly. It just looks. It doesn't look as cool as everyone thinks it looks. Kill it. Kill it with fire. Um, Leave us a review on iTunes, five stars. Come on, why not? You get this for free every week. Tweet at us at Mass Man Show on Twitter, and I will try to respond as best I can. Anything you have to say? I'm thinking about going back on Twitter. I think it's time. I think I'm going to do it. Anyway, thanks for watching Battleground if you watched it. Sorry for watching Battleground if you watched it. Thanks for listening to The Mass Man Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Apologies to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on The Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Mass Man Show. 